Hello, hello, everyone. It's Chaz Wagner again with the Single O podcast. Where have you been in my life, Single O? Great, 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 great question. We apologize. It's been quite a while since we um, sent out a podcast episode for you guys. The first two everyone was all about. And when people around town are saying, hey, when's the next one coming out? We got to put the next one out. So we're at episode three here. And I'm super excited to get this one out there because I was just giddy and overfilled with with joy that I got to visit the Blue Bottle Roastery in Williamsburg here in Brooklyn and talk to SJD, Stephen James Davidson. He is the QCS with BBC, Quality Control Specialist. And we had a great chat. He is not only a coffee uh, connoisseur and aficionado, but he's a surfer, a musician, a creative, cool cat, um, and I just had a I had a, a great time chatting with him. Um, we talked several weeks back, so things may have changed ever so slightly at Blue Bottle, just in terms of um, moving their roasting operations from Williamsburg to Bushwick. But overall, it's uh, it talks about his career, how he got started with uh, the BBC on the West Coast, and what brought him to New York, what he uh, what he does on the job, and and uh, we got to learn a lot more about Blue Bottle. So for all the fans out there of uh, of Blue Bottle, I think you're really going to enjoy this. So here it is, episode three with SJD. Thanks, guys. Get going. Hey, hey, everyone. Chaz Wagner here again with the Single O Podcast. Um, here at Old Clankin', some machines in the background. That's because we're on uh, Berry Street here in Williamsburg at the Blue Bottle uh, Roasting Facility. We're here with SJD. Hello. Um, uh, also known as Stephen James Davidson. And uh, he's the quality control specialist for Blue Bottle Coffee Roasters. Uh, welcome on, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, this is awesome. I've been a huge fan, huge advocate of Blue Bottle for many years. Um, I was living up in Boston for, for the lot. I moved down to New York this fall. And as we know, Blue Bottle does not exist in Boston. And I, would, uh, I wouldn't say I would make like trips exclusively to New York just for Blue Bottle. But um, it definitely... Uh, Knowing that Blue Bottle was all over New York uh, definitely made Boston and New York trips that much more, uh, just made more sense. So I would yeah. always seek you guys out. Um, and we'll be, we'll be in Boston. You're going to Boston. That's, that's what we want to talk about. Um, East Coast expansion. It's what, Boston, D.C., and Miami? That's right. Cool. Yeah. And um, we'll, be, we'll be in uh, D.C. as soon as the end of April. Wow. A couple months. How couple about months. The, what about Boston? Boston, I believe, is by the end of the year. Okay. And then my understanding is Miami will be early next year or sometime next year. Okay. D.C., Boston, Miami. Yeah. Okay. You guys are going to Harvard Square. You got a so. spot picked yeah. out over there. Yeah. That's cool. Um, well, awesome. Let's backtrack um, rather than looking, looking ahead, which is exciting. Let's, uh, let's go back. You, we're in New York now, but you started. Um, how long have you been with Blue Bottle in, I, in total? I just had my five-year anniversary in cool. September. Last Congrats. year. Congrats. Yeah, that's thank a, you. Uh, yeah, of, of 2016. So that's 
2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you started on the West Coast. Started on the West Coast at our Mint Plaza Cafe. Okay. In downtown San Francisco, right there off the Powell Stop. Yeah. Uh, came in as a barista. Before that, I was working at a restaurant that served Blue Bottle wholesale. Okay. So I kind of got my feet wet there. Yeah. And you know, learned. You know, rem- can recall going to the to the roastery and training with with the trainers, the wholesale trainers, and kind of that the mystery kind of beginning. You yeah, know, my yeah. first the my intrigue. first interaction, the entry, totally. My okay. first interaction with Blue Bottle. I lived in in between Hayes Valley and the Lower Haight in San Francisco yep. for almost seven years. So, you know, seeing that line at the kiosk and, you know, the little, the very first brick and mortar cafe we had right there in Hayes Valley, mm-hmm. it's like a little alleyway and just seeing this line of people sticking out. And yep. I remember being like, what is that? And like going and getting a coffee and just being lit in that little park right there and loving it. And, and I had applied to work for Blue Bottle. That would have been like 2008, 2007, okay. 2008. And I didn't get the gig, but uh, then in 2011, went and applied to be a barista after working at this restaurant in SF. So that was my, my intro. Okay. End of 2011. Um, yeah, within a year became what we we called the senior barista position. Okay. I just, I kind of became fanatical. Like Got I was, it. you know, I was a casual coffee drinker. Uh-huh. And then uh, I just... Just to immerse yourself in the, in the culture. Yeah. Took it to a whole, whole other level. Yeah, at that time and, and even to today, but especially at that time, Blue Bottle like was a magnet for very particular minded people. A lot of musicians, a lot of artists. I think it still is, but back then it was very particular because San Francisco was also different back right, then. Right, right. And um, it was really cool. Like I worked with, I worked with fanatics. I worked with a woman named Lauren Crabb who went on to start Andy Town Coffee Roasters. Bennett Cross who went on to work with Equator Coffee and Tea. Now okay. uh, these two were like huge inspirations. They just had this obsessive beautiful passionate personalities that yeah. really inspired me i wasn't really into it when i first started the first year it was like that transition out of that kind of restaurant culture that right, i was right, working right, right. in which was just like kind of getting yelled at and like yeah. whatnot and then i come into this environment that's like very much in line with my perspective uh-huh. of like great hospitality deliciousness um and then about a year after getting the senior barista well actually six months in i got the senior barista and then six months after that I became what's called a, a, a lead barista, which is almost like an in-house educator. Okay. So more training, more more yeah, helping the newbies. Totally. Okay. Yep. Like kind of being a little more uh, calibrated to our training department. Got so it. that's the team that obviously when you get hired, maybe not obviously, but when you get hired, uh, we have a whole team of people that will train you uh, how to make our coffee, and it's cool. pretty intensive. Yeah, um, as as I've heard. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's evolved a lot. It's come to a great place with Michael Phillips at the helm, uh, now the director of uh, training here at Blue Bottle. And he just won. Didn't he win a big he won, award? Uh, well, did he? He, what? he would probably know better than me. No, I don't. I, okay. Recently? I don't know okay. if he did recently. I, my finger might be off the pulse, but okay. um, definitely inspiring to work with him. Uh, and yeah, so I, I worked with the training department. He wasn't with the company at the time, but yeah, doing doing in-house at Mint Plaza training, mm-hmm. uh, ordering coffee. Uh, I curated the coffee, which was really fun, nice. like being able to start to choose what we served. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, especially because we have that, that really beautiful... That was the senior barista role or the lead barista? That was the lead barista. Okay. Senior was like this little middle ground to kind of help the lead barista and the manager out, Got you it. know, kind of like a shift leader, okay. go get change. A vice president. Yeah, so, so, uh, so yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the lead, the lead barista, we have, you know, have you been to the Mint Plaza Cafe? Oh, I've been to the San Francisco locations. I've been to the Ferry Building. Okay. Uh, 
the one I don't know about the Mint Plaza. It one. has the siphon bar. You can't miss it. 17 foot ceilings, giant windows right across from the historic Mint building. I think I have. In that okay. little like square right off Sixth Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Kind of okay. smells like pee outside. Yes, um, yeah, kind of gross. Kind of gross. You're there, it's beautiful. Yeah, you kind of elegant. Come into the cafe. It's a transformative yeah, like experience. Up, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. all white walls. These great it's cabinetry. It's by the tender one, right? Totally. Okay, Block away. Yeah, that's yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that beautiful like beautiful space. Yeah, beautiful space, and just crammed in there at the time. It's not there anymore. We had this really awesome 1981 vintage San Marco espresso machine that uh-huh. just would leak all over the counter, and it was like really fun i was just talking to a friend about this recently just that experience of making coffee yeah. on some old equipment uh-huh, and then the uh-huh. beautiful siphon bar which is the very first japanese siphon bar in, in the, the united states no way um second one was right down the street funny enough on market street uh marvelous cafe philip ma okay. started that cafe and had the second ever siphon bar okay. so weird okay. you like, guys were first the yeah cool. yeah and so it's it, you know, to be able to curate coffee uh-huh, uh-huh. On, in that space, it's like, I, I remember our founder, James Freeman, he talks about the siphon bar being like the closest a barista will, will come to being like a rock star. You're like standing up there, these like yeah, yeah, halogen yeah. lamps are on your face, people are looking at you. Yeah, it's a show, it's a performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, cool. um, you said about a lot of creative people um, coming from the arts, you, you mentioned you, you're a musician as well. I, yes, I am. So that was, um, you said that was part of the appeal of, of being part of the, the Blue Bottle family was artists, musicians, just the, crea- the creative class was, was, uh, was part of the barista and the, the coffee team. Totally, totally. There's something, there's like this, I see it as like a symbiotic relationship, especially with caffeine and getting yeah. caffeinated and kind of this like hyper attention to detail that a lot of creative people can have and it transfers over into like coffee Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. really accessible like it's kind of this two-way street um and funny enough i I worked with a with this dude kelly sanchez who's qc for our perfectly ground project here at blue bottle and he him and i became close when we worked at the restaurant before blue bottle and then a couple months after I started at Mint, he came on at Mint. Oh, cool. And then, like, a few months after that, we went and actually, this is where, like, the community aspect comes in and, like, you know, networking and whatnot. But we went and started a band together called oh, wow. Psychic Hiking. And okay. so that was really cool. Yeah, like, how about that? And just, like, yeah, that's, like, one of, you know, I could talk about this for hours. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. coffee is so magical because yeah. I think, like, at its core, what I love about it and, like, what we're talking about right now is, like, you get caffeinated, you're, you're like, focused. Uh-huh, um uh-huh. And it just kind of intrinsically builds community. It does, yeah. yeah. Which I love. Well, and it like, spawns off into all these other avenues. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah it's kind of, and it is, it's this ubiquitous thing. Uh-huh, so wherever uh-huh. you're, especially with, I don't know, people in my life with creative types, wherever there's coffee, it's like, there's something Magi- magical. Ma- good things are happening. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vice versa, like, somebody's making music, you look over and there's like, cup of coffee nearby or uh-huh, uh-huh. you know I, I, there's plenty of other elixirs that inspire people but coffee yeah for me it's yeah it's it's coffee i we've had this debate amongst friends it's if you had to give up um coffee or alcohol uh, for the rest of your life what would it be and i would definitely say alcohol yeah um i can't, Same. I can't give up my coffee because it's just me it's more than a cup it's more than like a 12 ounce uh liquid it's it's uh you know you can talk business you can talk Life, love, um, creativity, uh, just a lot more interesting things, I think. Yeah. Although there's some good conversations over over beer and a good cocktail. Absolutely. Um, so you're out, this is 2011, 2012. Yep. Um, lead barista. Lead barista. At Mint Plaza. Um, Mint Plaza. How long, you know, your California stint, what, what 
what makes the uh, transition to New York? Oh, yeah, good question. I basically, for my dirty 30 uh-huh. birthday, uh, end of 2013, I, I, I came to New York. One of my best friends was living here with his, at the time, girlfriend. They're now married. Uh, in the East Village, and I came here with my friend Russell. We came for my my birthday okay. to spend Personal a week in New trip. York. Personal not, trip, not, took work, some vacay, just hanging out. Came yeah. to hang out. Uh, cool. Did the whole, you know, went to a bunch of different roasters, Stumptown, Irving Farms. Checked out Variety Coffee Roasters. Yeah. Uh, had a really great time in New York. Just a fantastic time. Ate great food. Spent time with really good people, and just had this feeling like. Mm-hmm. I remember Russell, we were in Washington Square, and he, we were, like, walking, looking at the architecture. For, it was my first time in years since I've been here. And he, he said something that stuck with me. He said, this place feels important. Hmm. And, and then the day that we were going to leave New York to go back to San Francisco, uh, Blue Bottle sent out an email uh, for a wholesale trainer position in there New York go. City. Yeah. And I was like, I have to apply for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. I interviewed, and I got it. Cool. And within two months, uh, January 14th, 2014, I was dropping my stuff, my luggage off in this crummy little apartment in Bed-Stuy. And yeah. lucky I'm for me, this dude, uh, yeah. Joseph Zahn, or Zone, sorry, Joey, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he, he, a friend of mine uh, posted on Facebook that I needed a place to stay. He said, there's a room available. And again, it goes back to that, I guess, that community. Yeah. Um, and so I had a room and that, yeah. And good then I was karma. here. Yeah. And then within two months... So you've been here over three... So you just passed, like, three years in New York. Yeah. This yeah. January. Yeah, okay. the, the, the anniversaries coincide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within a couple months... Uh, so wholesale, we had wholesale at the time. We no longer have wholesale at Blue Bottle. Yep. But, so I was... What a great way to be introduced to New York City. I was going around with this guy, uh, Nate Long, who moved on to Grumpy. I don't know if he still works for them now, but uh, he... Him and I, he like was taking me all over the city to go to all these wholesale accounts For in sure. Manhattan and Brooklyn yeah. and Queens. It was such a wonderful way to like introduce myself to mm-hmm. New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but within a couple months, I knew that I wanted to do retail training, which would be our like in in-house training, right, right, right. where we would train. I would train the the baristas for Blue Bottle and. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things, like timing and what have you. But within a couple months, that that position opened, and I, I was able to become a retail trainer, okay. um, which I did for for the a little over a year um, before the QC position opened up. And at the time, our now one of our roasters who's over there, Christine Summers, she she was doing QC, and she she knew she was ready to move on. And mm-hmm. so I started kind of being like, oh well, I want to. I, I had always loved what she did. She's okay. like tasting and putting in data and looking at like the roasting uh-huh. and I just thought it was so cool and uh balancing so, the quantitative and the qualitative exactly right? exactly um which is like I never thought in a million years that would be something that I'd yeah, be yeah. interested in talking about right 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 um and and I love it it and it's just so funny like we're talking about this interconnectedness how now like so many other parts of my life are like interconnected with that language like the way I look at reality You're looking through that lens and that prism Totally. Everything about quality. Totally. Is this I mean, like that's quality, James, quantitative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, James Freeman, the the founder of Blue Bottle, he was was he a musician in his in yeah, a former life? That's right. And the way he talks about coffee as as an art form and and just such high he he value, I've never met the guy, but seen a few um, talks of his on YouTube. The way he conveys quality and the Japanese like approach of just so meticulous. Um, QC is is a huge, huge. Speaking of importance, 
uh, must be just so important to, to him and to the entire company. I, I think so. I, I mean, I know so. Yeah. I, I definitely, <laughs> yeah. I definitely know so. Yeah, um, being f- five years with the company, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and we've come a long way. It's, it, I've seen it. I've seen the company go through a lot of transitions, and it's, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we're, I can, honestly, and comfortably say like, the evolution has been so cool to yeah. watch. Um, and where we're at now is is, it's incredible. Um, and I, I agree. Anytime James is cupping with us here in New York, it's, it, it is pretty inspiring. He, he holds a space and a way of talking about coffee that is, is both concise and abstract. Like mm-hmm. it, it's paradoxical. Yeah. And I, but coffee is paradoxical. Right. And right, any, right. you know, I have a hard time. There's, you know, there's objective thinking around coffee. I, I, I have tons of different ways of talking about this, but I recently it's been like from the philosophical perspective, yeah. like, it, it can be something that you try to hold down and pin down and control, but it's just, it's, it's something, uh, do you know Chris Hendon? Uh, he co-wrote uh, Water for Coffee. I've seen that book. I, I, I haven't read it, but I yeah. didn't know his name. But yeah. he, uh, what's up, Chris? He, um, he, <laughs> he, uh, he talks about it as it's just this amorphic thing that we really try hard to like Grasp. pin down. Okay. But uh, from, and from his perspective, from a quantitative perspective, we can't. Mm. which I can't, I'm not going to go into it now, but you can, you can definitely read his papers or probably email him or slack him on barista hustle. Yeah. But he, the way he talks about it is just, yeah, it's just, just the way that the roasted coffee, you grind it up it in the way that it fractures. It's, it'll just always be a different, each piece will be a different geometry. Uh-huh, so the uh-huh. way it extracts will always be a little different. And I think that that's a metaphor for the whole thing. Like yeah, from, yeah the plant at origin like whatever the soil uh-huh. content is the sun the the water yeah. all of it all the way to the cup and for me once you get to the cup and the guest is drinking it now you're up against the perception of the guest mm-hmm. maybe they had a had some garlic in their eggs yeah. or they had yeah. indian food for dinner and they just might not be in the right place at the right time that's to, the beauty to, of it everyone's experience um objectively and perceptively totally subjectively is is, is different Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think I, I know that I'm a subjectivist around that because it, it's, I've realized thinking about it so much, especially from a quality control perspective, yeah. hyper thinking about it, right, right. pulling Damn, my hair yeah. out about yeah, it. Yeah. And, and then it's like that, you know, the, the, it's easy for baristas. I talk to a lot of baristas and myself being a barista, it's easy to think like when a coffee doesn't taste perfect, it's my fault. Uh-huh. But I really have come to believe that when you get that cup that just is like transcendent, yeah, yeah. that's an anomaly. Mm. And it's like, I kind of, I, I just pray that like in that moment I can pause okay. and I'm not in a hurry because yeah, yeah. when it happens, you never know when it's going to happen. It's right. like this, it's like being completely taken off guard. And it's uh-huh. like, Oh, out of, oh, bo- no, out I, of body experience. Yeah. Like, okay. I got to like step aside here. Stop, stop talking. Stop. Uh-huh. Everyone stop uh-huh. talking. I'm going to take a moment with this coffee because it's a miracle. It's kind of weird to think yeah. about that uh-huh. way. Not uh-huh. everyone will agree with me, but just the fact that there's this plant harvested on the other side of the planet mm-hmm. And somehow we get it into this delicious cup of, you know, mm-hmm. this beverage. It's weird. Yeah, 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 it's so yeah. bizarre. Yeah. I think it's really psychedelic, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than philosophical. Yeah, that's that's my tangent on that. I could I could go off. Um, I love it. Yeah. Cool. So um, we say QC for people um, not in the industry. Or not, you know, it's quality control. So um, how far does does 
you know, your job purview? Does that extend, you know, quality of the liquid itself? Is it, um, does that extend to the equipment? Um, how that's being used um, to the staff? More, maybe more what I'm getting at is kind of what's a week or a day look like look like for you as, as a QC specialist? And how big, um, how big is your, te- your QC team here in New York that you guys are, that you're working with? Yeah, that, sorry for two or three pronged. No, question. so I'm the only New York QC specialist. Okay, uh, and we have a pretty. I think it's a pretty interesting um, setup here at Blue Bottle. We so we have uh, we have a QC specialist wherever there's a roaster. We have a specialist. Got it. So okay, that's Los the Angeles, setup. we have John uh, in in Oakland. We have Judith in Tokyo. We have Kevin, uh, and then I'm here in New York. Uh, our director Ben is in Los Angeles, and then Kelly, he's he's in Oakland doing the mm-hmm. perfectly ground. Um, so yeah, that's the setup. And okay. so like a daily routine for me is like this morning I came in, I I set up our cupping, our tasting, um, and uh, so that's you know getting we have these little tins of coffee over there from each batch that, of coffee that we roast. Okay. Um, so the roasters will grab a little sample, I weigh it out, and then we we slurp it. And we then talk about it. And uh, with this process, we this so at this point the coffee is in production. It's being sent out to the cafes. Yep. So our work is really just looking for outliers. So any sort of defects that a coffee might right. present, any sort of like roast uh, off off flavors that might have happened, which I, I'm tasting blindly. Mm-hmm. The roasters might have they they have the knowledge. They roasted it. You yeah. know. So yeah. they might. You're not as close to it. I, yeah, on, and that's on purpose. Uh, yeah. So they might be tasting roast on a coffee, like some carbon or off qualities that they don't like because they roasted it. So they, what happens, as you may know, uh, but for those of you out there who don't, is I, it's very easy to then project that flavor there onto the coffee, even if it's not there. So the preconceived notion is enough to convince the mind and the mm-hmm. taste buds that and your olfactory glands that, oh, I am tasting roast, and I know it because I roasted it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But because I'm tasting it blind with them, it just might not be true. And there's, it's just this weird, uh, I'm sure there's more folks out there that could talk more on this than I, but it, again, a coffee is just this kind of amorphic thing. Like some coffees will have more of a roast quality if you de- overdevelop them, and others won't. And it's just, has to, I'm assuming, has to do with the cellular structure of the bean and what have you. So my work is just to show up, taste it, and give them my notes and let them know. And then sometimes if we're not feeling calibrated, we might end up challenging each other. That's right, when, that's right, when right, it gets right. really interesting. Um, you're and, one voice. You're one, you're one data point. Um, exactly. As part of the overall. Totally. Okay. And there's, there's four of us. That, that, uh, so there's Joe, Christine, and Nate. That's the production team. And then there's myself, QC. So the four of us make up what I consider like the collective palette of the East Coast. Mm. So I'm cool. one, I'm like one data cool. point, you know? I'm yeah. not the absolute. I'm not the ringleader. I'm a part of it. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I have to defer to them because uh-huh. I, I, I just, again, like I had too much salt this morning or last night. And it's just the reality of the situation. My palate... Uh-huh. As, as great as it might be, you know, I don't want to boast too much. It, it, does, it doesn't always give me everything that I need. I have to defer to them. So we'll, we did that. And then, um, and then right after that, I did some brew work. So we have our blue bottle drippers that we just released this last year. And so what I'll do is I'll brew every single one of our blends mm-hmm. to spec and then uh, refract it on a refractometer and input all the data. We have a few different data points that I input it into and, and taste it with the roasters just to kind of correlate the batch 
the batches roasted to the actual end product. Okay. Um, so that's really, that's like, that's an example of today. Later this week, I'm going to do the same thing with espresso and I'll cup every, every morning. And then the bigger scope, like on the monthly level, we do like, we'll exchange coffees from other regions just mm-hmm. to kind of, kind of create that same shared palette concept. So we're all kind of staying calibrated as a company, but also, uh, so I'll taste coffees from LA and Oakland and Tokyo. And uh, it's just a way compare to compare and contrast. Yeah, compare yeah. and contrast. Give feedback to each other. Make sure we're all like, you know, on the same page. Um, and then in the realm of like, stick. So that's like the daily quality control. Yeah. And so I'm really just focusing on between. I'm keep the two things. The two data points I'm keeping an eye on are what's happening from the roast to cafe, mm-hmm. and then also any sort of green quality that might be interfering with our true to intention of these coffees so some coffees can be troubling they might they really just they want to express themselves a lot of their origin characteristics or terroir so it will just come through and it can be really hard to work with those coffees they're delicious but we especially with our blends we might want to kind of create more of a uniformity and a synergy between Mm -hmm. all the blend Mm -hmm. components so it's just working with production to figure that out and then and then more of a macro uh, monthly project is I will sample roast all of our green coffee every month to, to, and use the SCAA uh, forms just to keep track of our green quality, Okay, which is a pretty big project. Can you describe and that a little bit more? So uh, sample roaster, it's a little 100 gram drum roaster. Uh, so I, I will sample roast the coffee uh, a little lighter than maybe what, our, what it will be serving on bar. And the idea is that I am observing what the quality of the green has to offer. And so I'm using the specially, I guess it's SCA now because we just unified with uh, Europe. But it's so oh, okay. especially coffee association, and um, yeah, it used to be of America. So you're yeah, saying, America okay, consolidation. And EU. Okay. Yeah, that just happened this past year as well, uh, which is great news. Uh, and and so there's this forum this that is basically used for grading quality in specialties. So specialty, it's it's zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. um, and specialty coffee is anything that scores over an eighty. And then below that, I believe, is commercial, and below that is, like, commercial commodity. Okay. And there's plenty of money to be made in all those markets, but yeah. we, we only work with 80-plus coffees, 80, yeah. and oftentimes 90-plus. Uh, so, um, yeah, so coffee, again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, this amorphic, changing thing. And what happens in the green is the moisture content will change, uh, coffee ages. Uh, it's an agricultural product, as mm-hmm. you know. So it's just helpful to keep track of all that information. And that data goes back to our green buyer. Okay. So my two main data, quantitative and qualitative data points are for, are for production and for our green team. Okay. And that, you know, I, this is like, for some who are listening, it's like super abstract. Uh, it's, it's hard to like really talk about without like maybe being able to show. I'm sure, I'm sure there's others. We'll show maybe through um, a report or through, you know, look, seeing a spreadsheet or some, something. Um, totally rather than just through a uh, spoken word. Yeah, um, which is, I will add, is the is the majority of my work, spreadsheets. Yeah. So those of you out there who are interested most in Q- QC. M- most QC uh, professionals, uh, <laughs> yeah. spreadsheet is, yeah. is an ally. The rom- the romance is in, oh, look at the, he, he tastes for a living. That's amazing. Uh, actually, looking at spreadsheets, sending a lot of emails. It's a big part, <laughs> big chunk of your day. Um, so I evolution of the company or of, of the East Coast operations, um, I want to hit on, we're at Berry Street right now, which is Berry in Williamsburg. Street. Yep. Um, Bushwick, 
Bushwick. Um, over, what street is that on? McKibben? McKibben. Yeah, yeah, you guys are switching over there. I want to talk about that, but there was something that I also wanted us to hit on that you alluded to. Um, I think hmm. it was, oh, another, you know, it's it's Roast. You were talking about Roasted Cafe. Sure. Um, Blue Bottle is a vertical company. You're not wholesaling anymore. However, um, I have been sipping on your cold brew, your yep. canned cold brew that I can get at Whole Foods. How? What is that operation? What does that look like when you guys are... Um, you're not allowing other people to sell it at their cafes, but you are doing, um, you know, I guess pre-packaged. Um, does that look any differently from a QC perspective? No. Okay. No, that's um, so. All I I am not hands on with that project at all with the RTDs, the ready to drinks. Yeah. Um, There's the new you do the New Orleans and then just straight the, up cold brew. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. The little the cute little aluminum cans. Yeah. Um, Eight ounce shooter. So good. It's nice. So yeah. delicious. Uh, I will. Yeah. It, it's nice. It's not a ton, and it, it's kind of perfect. Uh, that's my side note. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I found that to be yeah, my understanding, having talked to Ben, our director of QC, and and the folks on the on the West Coast, where all of all of those RTDs are are produced and manufactured, okay. put together, uh, in in the Bay Area, um, and then they're shipped out here. For now, we're still Got figuring it. that out. Okay. Um, but yeah, same scrutiny. Same. We're paying attention to roast. We're paying attention to. Uh, the ways in which it's being packaged, all of that, the quality of the milk that goes into the nola, the the sugar, okay, um, the coffee that we're sourcing for yeah. the for the black ice coffee, all of it is under a really uh, strict regimen. Strict strict regimen. Yeah. Strict. Yeah, the lens is yeah. There's there's a lot of people working on that on those yeah. projects. Cool. Yeah. I went on I went on an early morning ski trip on Saturday up to Killington from New York, and the bus left at uh, three thirty. Whew. In the, nor- in the morning, in the morning, and I normally do uh, I do pour overs at home, which yeah. is a time consuming you know process. It's not it's not quick, and I was like I don't have time for a pour over this leaving the house at this time. So the night before, I loaded up on the the eight, ou- eight ounces, yeah, and you know getting out the door, I was I just crushed a few of those and uh, that did the trick. So that's gonna be my uh, my early morning get when I got the super early mornings. I think the uh, the aluminum. Can guys are gonna be in my move. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So let's talk about the um, the new Bushwick, Bushwick uh, facility. Yeah. Um, you know, how much time are you spending over there? What's what's the transition look like for for you and the team over there? Yeah, that's um, it's been it's been a challenge, uh, which just has to do with the New York. Yeah, just all the zoning, all the bureaucracy the, around yeah. that, and that's what we're, we're up against right now. So because the ca- the cafe is open for the general public, yep. But you're saying the um, production side and the back of the house hasn't yep. fully picked so, up yet. Exactly. So right now the the cafe is is open. It's happening. Uh, Lily and her team are making great coffee over there. Mm-hmm. Great team of baristas, and then in the back of the the facility if you go into the cafe it's really cool you look have you have you been by there been yet there. i was there for opening day cool yeah, so yeah, you yeah. saw it it's like cool. it's great so you have right in the when you look back you you have the glass windows uh-huh. you see you see the see production right floor the roasting works yeah right behind that uh is it will be my qc lab and okay. then behind that is the training lab so okay. it kind of does this uh depth of field uh-huh uh 
that right? Uh, and so training's over there. They're doing their trainings, and, and they have this giant space. It's beautiful. And the cafe's operating, and we're just waiting on uh, a few things before production can move in. And okay. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I consider quality control, like my position is like, you know the birds that are on the backs of the rhinoceroses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of relying on the rhino. So <laughs> if the roasters, if production is the rhino, I, wherever they go, I go. Got it. So I got to wait for them to figure little, out. A little birdie on the little on the birdie. back end. Exactly. On the um, back side. Okay. And then we have this really big section that you can't see when you go into the cafe that's our gigantic commissary. That we're also for oh, food. For food, yeah. That we're also waiting to, to have. Because Bottle's been light on uh, food. You guys are scaling up on the food side I think, of things. Yeah, scaling up. Just getting Great. more creative. Uh, I think the plan is a few of our cafes will just have a lot more options mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. moving forward. I don't know all the logistics to that, but uh, from the size of that commissary, it's going to be hopefully pretty cool. Cool. I can only assume based on, on the people working on how the projects. Yeah. Okay. And how big it is. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I can speak personally. I, I am very excited to be working uh, at Bushwick. As you can see here at Barry, everything is out in the open, and there's a lot of us uh, kind of intermingling with one yeah, another, yeah. and that's great. I love yeah. it. Um, my work, uh, which is again, yeah, qu- when it gets into the qualitative, it can be very challenging. A lot of distractions, mm. uh, but it, it's interesting. It's taught me a lot to, to taste and be in the midst of it all. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be strange to have my own lab. Yeah, you want that cross-pollinization and just random encounters where you're, you're running into people. But um, as you scale, it's nice to have stuff a little more segmented and, and yeah. uh, partitioned out. Um, it looks cool, too. Like, yeah. just from an aesthetic, like, oh, really? Bushwick. Yeah, Bushwick just looks so cool. Like, you can just see everything happening right in front of you. Yeah. I imagine once production's over there and, like, trainings will be happening i'll be tasting yeah it it just seems like i know it's a big part of like just our our way of doing things at blue bottle like we want to invite people in you know Mm -hmm. we want it to be transparent so there's in just in the design and the architecture there's like this living metaphor there like we're not going to just build a wall there we want we want you to be a part of this process (laughs) yeah uh yeah the process is just as beautiful as the uh the end product um people don't want with all brands and not just in coffee, people don't just want that finished product. Um, the finished product needs to be quality and it needs to be great and delicious, but people want to know how it was made, why it was made, who it was made by, and that's what it seems like you guys are going for over there. Um, yeah. So that facility is going to be um, powering the entire East. That's, you know, that's going to be for Boston, that's going to be for D.C., that's going to be for Miami. So that's, that's big. Really big. Yeah. Yeah. Very Have exciting. you made any? Uh, you don't do you know just travel wise. Um, you're mainly here. You're not going um, to Guatemala and Ethiopia and all these places with the the green coffee buyer or anything like that. No, not not yet. I, I have yet to be to. I have yet to gone to. I've yet <laughs> to traveled to Origin. Um, but I definitely have talked to Charlie uh, Habegger, our green buyer, about that possibility. Yeah. Um, I would love to. I would yeah, love yeah. to go. Your to eyes just lit up. Yeah. I wish, I, you um, got, I wish we had video right, right there. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I think that's my next, uh, yeah, that's, cool. that's the next big adventure. I, I, I feel like it would just be very special. Um, yeah. and I, I know it to be true for a lot of coffee professionals. I bet. To be able to go to where the plant is growing, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's so cool. And, and being a part of that, wherever it is, that culture and totally. Yeah. Totally. 
I, yeah, I would love to. That would be great. Well, all your roles, as you've been promoted and you've taken on more responsibility in the company, um, it seems like how you've described it, oh, a position just kind of opened up. Where you, <laughs> you kind of sheepishly say it, it sounds like, oh, it's just lucky it opened up, but I think you were, you were on the, your eyes were, you know, you were dialed in and you were ready for the next thing. So it seems like uh, that opportunity will kind of present itself uh, the way these, these other things things have. I like that. I don't know. I um, hope so. So how, um, I'm curious, and I think other people are, how, um, how would you say the coffee culture or a coffee drinker is, is different or the same in a you know, San Francisco person versus a, a New York person? Yeah. The palates, the, mm. um, mm-hmm. are New Yorkers on the move more? They just want, they want to get out the door. What have you found doing? You've been here three years now. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, in San Francisco, there's like this culture that's almost like easy to make fun of where folks really like to wait in line in San yeah. Francisco. Okay. So you see a line, you're like, oh, let's go wait in that line. And yeah. you'll wait a really long time, whether it's Blue Bottle or like Tartine or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You, it, it's just a part of that California lifestyle. Everyone's like a little more stoned, a little yeah. more like chill. Uh, and life is a little, it, and it's, it's, a, it's awesome. Like uh-huh. life is a little slower in, in California and especially Northern California. Yeah. Um, and New York, as you know, the frequency is a little Fast higher. Pace. Yeah, Fast yeah. pace, yeah. Uh, New York minute. And so I think what I've identified is in New York, like the, con- the regular coffee consumer is I think a little bit more in a hurry. Um, when they come into our shops, I, I definitely, I think, I think we're still adapting to New York. It, you know, mm-hmm. we do every pour over still by hand. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's a little bit like okay you'll see people tapping their foot and yeah, but yeah. The, but there's still like I think the big difference is like in it, I think that that feeling is still happening in San Francisco where people are like okay ready for my coffee now like mm-hmm. I'm waiting I've already waited um, but th- there's a little more acceptance but still maybe a little bit of that anxiety but in New York it yeah it's it's kind of like <laughs> I'm, my mind is processing this question <laughs> out loud. Um, I think I think it's like the passive and the and the slow nature of San Francisco is like yeah I'll wait you uh-huh. know and kind of be quiet about it. In New York, it's like what's taking so long, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- I, I would say that's the big difference. Um, fast-paced New York, slower San Francisco, and then and then maybe preference. Like I don't know what the pa- I think maybe in in San Francisco Bay Area, folks like a little lighter roasted coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had more time with it. I think the San Francisco Bay Area had a really a pretty profound renaissance right around when ritual coffee roasters and yeah. blue bottle started up uh shortly after that you had companies like four barrel, four barrel yeah. equator has been in the bay area over in san rafael for what is it over 20 years now um so there's been this really intense especially in the last 10 years really intense re- uh renaissance of coffee especially yeah. coffee in the bay area you have counterculture there now uh stump town uh so many micro roasters like it's really blown up there. And in New York, it's the same, but New York's a lot bigger. And, and I would say that it's a different caliber. Like, yes, of course you have counterculture and you have Stumptown and of course, blue bottle grumpy, and grumpy. Par- and well, parlor Parler's a former, uh, they're former blue bottle guys. Yeah. Right? Dylan, Dylan yeah. worked for blue bottle. Was um, he here or was he out West? I think I, he was here in New York okay. my, is my understanding. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you, you also have, uh, I'll mention New England, uh, t- I believe Tandem Coffee Tandem. up in Portland. I yeah, love those guys. Tandem. 
Yeah. Love Tandem. Yeah. Great coffee. Yeah. I was just, where was I? Uh, where was I? I was at this restaurant just the other night and they were serving Tandem. I was blown away. I was oh, like, cool. <laughs> it's just like they're everywhere. Yeah, they're um, great. They're great. So, yeah, I, I think that maybe is, is, the big, is the big difference. A little slower on the West Coast, lighter roasted. That would be my, like, peripheral takeaway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then... How about espresso versus drip? Does one coast uh, do more espresso and the other one does more kind of the pour over and drip game? That is a really good question that I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, Dig I, into the data. Yeah, I feel like I could reach out to some of our cafe managers and get some data yeah, points. that'd be or, cool to look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, how about you? Per- personal, what, what's, uh, this is a, a question I had on the list. So um, what, are, what, are, what is SJD uh, drinking oh, yeah. on, on uh, a daily and consistent basis? Let's see. Um, in the mornings, lately, believe it or not, I've been and this is logistical. I've been drinking, uh, I've been using a French press, which is not my chosen mm-hmm. brew method. I, for Thanksgiving, I went to a friend's house and I left my kettle over there. Okay. And <laughs> there's so many laying around here and I, that's like <laughs> such a silly excuse. Yeah. But I, You're uh, so selfless. Yeah. That's my, that's my humility speaking everybody. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, there was something like I started using it, the French press and I just kind of I wanted it's grown to, on you. Yeah, it's grown on me. I wanted <laughs> to keep experimenting with it because I, I hadn't given it, like maybe years ago I gave it a chance. So this, yeah, lately I've been like, I'll like make a, a French press every morning and, um, and, and have a cup and have my morning ritual, which is like, just like waking up, making, having some cereal. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's my go-to. My, if I could pick like what I, what I made before the French press was Chemex. Yep. And I also... I love our new dripper. The new blue bottle I've dripper seen that. is it looks like awesome. it's so cool. Okay. It makes one of the best cups of coffee I think any dripper I've had makes. It's just there's a lot of clarity. It's really and you know this is of course blue bottle SJD speaking, but this is like SJD SJD speaking. Like okay. I just okay. think it unbiased. It's like really delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Chemex, without the blue bottle. Uh, let me take my on. blue bottle hat off for a second. Okay. The dripper's amazing. Um, so yeah, and I, you know, I think I, I prefer single. I know I prefer, prefer single origin coffees. Yeah. Um, but right now we have uh, the retrofit espresso, which is a fifty percent Chelilectu, this Ethiopian wash process, and this Honduras Jubnil, uh wash process coffee, fifty fifty. We, we're serving it. It's our regional espresso here in New York City, but. It is so good yeah, as pour over okay. or French press. So Sick. I've been drinking that most mornings. And then okay. when I come in, when I get into the cafe, I might have a cappuccino, yeah. maybe, depending okay. on how tired I am. All right. Um, but I, I drink so much coffee. When I first started in QC, I would have, I had my old coffee drinking rituals in the morning, which was like sometimes a couple cups of coffee and a cappuccino. Damn. Then I would cup, <laughs> then I would taste. And it got to the point in the first six months, I started having like cardiac arrest. I started yeah, having man. like heart palpitations yeah. and sweats. So I actually gave up coffee outside of my tastings for a couple months. Yeah, because I uh, it was rough. Yeah, I had yeah. to learn the hard way. Huh. But yeah, got to step away from the product. Yeah, yeah. It's moderation. Moderation. Um, what other you know when you're not at Blue Bottle and on the job, what what cafes around town? Um, you know that you admire and just like hanging out in that you think you know are also also doing a good job in in the specialty coffee world. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good question. You still live in Bedside, or you're no? Or you? I, oh man, I've moved. I've done the New York move everywhere routine. That's no, keeping things yeah. keeping things fresh. Bedside, yeah. Greenpoint, uh, Ridgewood, Bushwick. But this side of the river. I'm. I actually part. live in Queens. I live on the peninsula. I'm in Rockaway, Queens now. Okay. I'm like okay. ten minutes oh, from cool. the beach. I took there up surfing, go. and yeah, I've man. been like fun living out there. Um, which there's one. Well, besides Duncan, there's like one cafe out there that serves some town, but it's too far from where I live. Um, but my, uh, you know, some of my favorite cafes, I would say um, my, I'm going to stand by my fa- my favorite cafe. So I, I like to go between the boroughs. Like in Manhattan, my favorite cafe is High Collar, the little Japanese Kisaten on oh, wow. East 11th in the East Village. Cool. Um, Yuki over there is amazing. Some okay. of the best hospitality and some of the best coffee. It's a multi-roaster, so they'll have George Howell. Yeah. Um, I just had... They, they have this proprietary blend that they, they collaborated with Pushcart Coffee on that mm-hmm. was really good. Kind of like a little more roast profile, um, really delicious. And then here in Brooklyn right now, I have two favorites. Um, my first is is actually Grade Coffee, which is right down the street yep. from here. In the barbershop. Um, in the barbershop, yeah. yeah. Grace, Grace uh, is, she's also an ex-Blue Bottler, and they serve Tandem. And That's hands right. down, one probably my favorite cafe in um in brooklyn and then my second is a like one that's kind of like <laughs> my two second and third they go back and forth which are just kind of unconventional is a uh, mixtape off the myrtle wyckoff uh l stop you go down i think it's down broadway there or maybe it's it's myrtle but it's underneath the train it's this dirty little yeah. like window spot yeah, that, yeah. Like, they, they do they, ruby coffee they, they well they, yeah they're a multi-roaster no, they, so they, they switch it up they switch it up. They have Oslo as their iced coffee. When I lived over there yes. in the summer, it was great. I know exactly what you're talking about. Spot's awesome. Yeah, yeah They are yeah. just so good. They have a great egg sandwich. Uh, and then I love Strange Ways over on St. Nicholas in, in Bushwick, right uh, right off the DeKalb stop. Okay. Uh, they serve Four Barrel. They're only one of oh, two wow. Four Barrel accounts. Yeah. I'm wearing my Four Barrel shirt under here, <laughs> actually. Oh, nice. um, Their barbershop in uh, Greenpoint does Four yeah. Barrel, too. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah. I think, the second Cotton wholesale. Bar or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the, and then of course, like, you know, I can shout out to Peter Merriweather. Yeah. 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 Is great. Into his cafe. Love it. It's Love awesome. it. He did it's such so, a good job. So I'm fun. very proud of him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that, yeah, that, that means a lot to him. Yeah. Sure. I, I think those are like probably my top picks, uh, that like, those are the places that I'll go s- spend time on, yeah. on the weekends. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Fun. Um, let's see. Where are you from originally? Originally, uh, Los Angeles, born and raised in okay. East LA, uh, like uh, La Crescenta, La Cunada area. Okay. Um, off the two freeway, I actually started my coffee path at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Uh, okay. Over ten years ago, I was Got a barista it. for four years there. And they're kind of, you know, they, they, it's a good business, but they're like coffee one point oh or two point oh. Totally. One point five. Yeah, like you know, you know, I would consider second wave. Um, yeah. Definitely got my feet wet and being a barista never thought at the time i wanted to be a filmmaker and a musician yeah. being an la dude like yeah. typical writing scripts <laughs> in coffee shops uh but uh yeah it wasn't for it, was, it wasn't for another five years later that i found blue ball so it's when i left coffee bean um which it's funny because you, le- you left la you went up north i, I left yeah. la and i worked for coffee bean in san francisco oh, when did? i first landed oh, okay. so it's kind of okay, funny okay. how coffee has gotten me yeah. Everywhere I've gone, like yeah. LA to SF, totally. SF to New York. Yeah. I haven't thought about that actually. That's kind of funny to say out loud. Cool. Yeah. Um, what I love about uh, doing the podcast and asking people, you told me about High Collar. 
that mm-hmm. I I think I know every place at this point just because I'm I've got my uh, finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. But you bring up high collar and I'm like, man, that place sounds awesome, and I am it's cool. gonna go there now. Um, it's cool. There's all it's New York. It's 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 huge. So yeah. there's always a little hidden gem in there. Um, last question. Uh, sounds like you're still playing music and still a musician. What's yes. what's what's going on in that world? Once oh, just got a new show, new <laughs> album. What what's Man, cranking I on that end? I you know we're still uh, my friend Tom and I we're still like figuring it out, uh, developing it. I'm trying to see if I want to play drums or I want to be lead vocalist. Uh, we're, it's brand new. It's like a brand new relationship. Okay, we're a okay. couple months in. Uh, we have a working band name, The Great Mistake of 1898, <laughs> which was. Some someone said that about when Brooklyn was brought in to be like one of the boroughs of oh, New York City. Okay, okay. Um, there was like I, I went and did a Google search. There's a band that already exists with that name that I don't really? know if they're still what? making music, uh, <laughs> but definitely not the same genre. Uh, I'm yeah, still exploring, still exploring, but yeah, still writing music. Hoping I hope to play out in the next couple months. I'll have to keep you posted. Yeah, keep us posted. Yeah, we'd love to come check out. And then uh, your surf game is uh, you're getting re- do you uh, all seasons of the year, are you down at Rockaway? Uh, I live this, out there. In this thirty-mile-an-hour uh, wind today, I, like I went and there. got I got a, a really thick wetsuit. I got the gloves, the booties, and I just haven't been able to get myself out there. Oh man! I have friends that that I, uh, Zoe, who actually she works at Gimme Coffee, she goes out even now. She's yeah. she was just out this Trooper. weekend. Yeah, my housemate goes out. He was out this weekend. Yeah, there's this small crew of us out there. Um, and they, they go surfing. They've been okay. surfing all season. I just, I, I'm still new. I just can't, I don't know if I can do yeah, it. I'm still figuring yet. it out. Yeah. And yeah. Not there yet. Yeah, You not do there. three. Se- I'm, I'm a three, three out of four seasons. Winter. I think yeah. I, can, I can do spring, summer, fall. Red. Oh, do you surf here too? I a little bit. I've been to Rockaway. Yeah. yeah so we'll yeah. have to go down. I would yeah. love that. They're, yeah. yeah, they're fun little waves. Cool. I have a little temp. Should get a little coffee. <laughs> coffee and surf collective oh that like specialty coffee and uh that would be so cool you know because there's there's coffee and bikes that's been oh, a thing forever yep. no no there's no uh nothing new we can do there yeah that's been it's exhausted happening. uh yeah. the co- I traded coffee my and surf yeah coffee and surf. i would love actually, that actually have you been a tiger shark i haven't what uh, an old barista joel uh from uh blue bottle works over there yeah though. i like I that that's that's a good surf and uh coffee vibes yeah they in, serve uh, that roaster from philly um not concave I okay believe. yeah not well, uh not roaster roaster not called la cologne but yeah the, uh concave he he shapes boards and roast coffee oh wow yeah i want to hang out with that dude yeah yeah <laughs> totally um all right sgd this was a lot of fun yeah thank thanks you so for much. having me back this was uh i love blue bottle yeah love what you guys are doing have done and uh I'm excited for for what's to come. Same. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Cheers.